We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... It's going on! The jump is In trouble. Here comes the rush. And here's the hit. And a lot. Second down attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mukes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. We're back. I'm back with my co-host, David Gonzalez, for our fantasy episode. What's going on, David? Man, I'm glad to be here. It's another fun week, man, talking with the sports with my guy over here, Eric Mukes. Hey, everyone better listen up because he really does drop gems, knowledge. And if we're talking fantasy, we're talking real football. If we're talking about NFL, NCAA, he's got you covered. So everyone tune in. Sideline to sideline. Man, week four already in the books. Um, one thing I want to get off get off my chest right away is this COVID stuff yeah. is about to get real, man. I can't have uh, my, my quarterback in a number of leagues, Cam Newton, not playing. Um, we, saw, we saw tonight with, uh, with Kansas City playing New England that the impact, obviously, Cam Newton has on that team. Their defense was still legit, but they were unable to – to move the ball. So I want to get first before we get into these players and what they did last week and some of the injuries and where you think we should go. What is your kind of what's your mindset going forward with all the the COVID stuff and the, the postponement of Tennessee and and Pittsburgh over the weekend and how that kind of plays out over the next couple of weeks? What What's kind of your take on that, David? You know, um, it's kind of like the old saying, it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? You know, uh, we've seen that the impact of COVID in the baseball season early on. Uh, we saw that a couple games got rescheduled early on in the MLB season. And then the MLB kind of had a step in. Okay, these games are postponed. But, you know, this is different. This is NFL football. You can't just play double headers. You know, you, you need a week to prepare. So um, I'm concerned about the Titans and Buffalo this coming week for week five. Um, do the Titans miss another game? Uh, what do they have? Up to 18 total players from that organization. Players and personnel from that organization um, have contracted COVID. And, you know, <clears throat> that has fantasy implications. There are some big dogs on those teams. And remind you that they're playing a Buffalo team that is coming off of, you know, a, a good stretch of football. You know, what, is, what does that mean for them? So um, I, I think there's a lot more to come, man. And, and I it's kind of interesting that you're saying that, you know, we're all impacted fantasy wise, but these, uh, you know, TV ratings, these, you know, scheduled games, you know, there, there's a small window for them to make these things up. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, that's, that's, that would be my biggest point is the window in order to make these games up. I mean, we were close to having a game played on Tuesday. 
I mean, that, that, there were talks that we were going to play a football game on Tuesday. And mind, you know, keep in mind that not only would the game have been played Tuesday, but the Chiefs would have followed that up with a Sunday game and then the following Thursday. That would have been three games in 10 days. And in the NFL, that's just unheard of. Um, what, what you're seeing already with all these injuries, um, I, think the, I think the postponement of games and kind of just navigating through the schedules is going to be extremely difficult for the NFL. I, I personally think they've done a good job thus far as far as protocols and, and kind of just uh, making their way all, already through four weeks without any major, major issues until now. Um, but I'm interested to see now that we have Tennessee going through this issue, how quickly they can find a solution and if it, if it carries over in the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I wanted to point out they did come to an agreement today as far as um, enhanced protocols for uh, like mm -hmm. bringing in guys for working out for free agents and, and some other things. So they seem to be trying to be proactive, which is a good sign. Uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But so many players, and we're going to try to keep this to fantasy, so many players are impacted by, by these, by these COVID-related, you know, either bye weeks or – or whatever you want to call him. Um, not only Cam Noon, but we saw A.J. Brown. Who knows if he would have been back? He was out. Obviously, all of the Steelers, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, big names, and people are now scouring the waiver wire for, for replacements. So let's jump right into the waiver wire stuff before we talk about yeah. um, kind of last week. I mean, it'll kind of carry over, but we saw Austin Eckler. We saw Nick Chubb both go down with uh, pretty significant injuries this week, and those are probably two top-tier running backs that – everybody was um, on board with obviously you being Austin Eckler guy over the last mm -hmm. three or four weeks, kind of, what is your mindset as far as looking on the waiver wire? Are you strictly going for their, the guys that are filling in for them, the Joshua Kelly's uh, maybe a Justin Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. back in the fold, or are you going, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt's probably rostered in most leagues. Is there any interest in the Cleveland backfield other than him? Uh, we saw a couple of guys that stood out in the Cowboy game, that might have some interesting uh, appeal. So what, what are your thoughts there when it comes to replacing guys like that? Well, I'm going to make it clear. I mean, you, you got to count Kareem Hunt as a clear top five fantasy running back for the next six weeks. He's got the sole possession of a Cleveland team that has been running the ball uh, over 30 times a game as a collective unit. So um, if you drafted Kareem Hunt in the later rounds and you had him or made a trade for him, in the last couple of weeks, go ahead. Congratulations. You got yourself an RB1 for the next six solid weeks. And, you know, he's going to rival the, the Zeke's, the Dalvin Cook's, the, the big name RBs of the world. Um, because we've seen it before. He can, he's led the league in rushing. This is nothing new to him. He's young. He's hungry. He doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. And he's on a team that is going to utilize him in passing and rushing. So um, enough, enough said about him. He's an RB1, right? Uh, we, I think, Aaron, you know, you're as much as anybody knows that, you know, I know you value Kareem Hunt going back years. Yes, and sir. Yes, sir. You, you, you've scooped him up in many a, many a teams for the low, and, and I'm talking about I think I sold him to you for a third rounder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I did, right? Over it, was some, it, was some, it was something like that. Something like that, but but that was prior to us knowing that he was, you know, going to be in this situation. So, um, congratulations to the people out there making those situations. And on this, on the same breath, you know, I'm sorry to the people who drafted Austin Eckler. I'm sorry to the people who drafted Saquon. Uh, and that's me. 
Um, unfortunately, I did that in one of my leagues, but believe it or not, that's the only uh, bad situation I have. I'm doing pretty good in fantasy football, believe it or not. Um, uh, I know me and you, Aaron, we went 2-0 this week. So yes, we're, we bringing our, we're bringing our, um, what, our teams are 3-1. and 3-1, and uh, one, we're in pretty good position. Uh, I like where we sit. Um, in both leagues, I, I like where we're where we're at, and I like where we're headed. Yeah, I mean, we we've had some you know really strong games from you know whether that's George Kittle dropping forty points or you know Odell Beckham, you know. So finally, it's, it's, it, yeah, finally an Odell sighting. He's starting. He's starting to uh, starting to make so, plays. Yeah. So and back to kind of what we were saying, you know, uh, yeah, I, I am you know buying Joshua Kelly. I am buying Justin Jackson. Um, you know, I'm riding the Mike Davis wave. I'm utilizing, you know, the James Robinson. Um, I'm disappointed in how they used Daryl Henderson. Uh, but it looks like Malcolm Brown, he's, he's alive again. So everyone who had him, you know, or, or dropped him, you know, um, it, it could be a little bit, you know, iffy on, you know, their usage depending on the game. So um, you know, there's that, going to that, be, a, that's a frustrating thing, David. I, I want to kind of get into that because you, you brought it up and I, ha I did have something on that a little bit later, but it's frustrating to watch a guy like Daryl Henderson who has back-to-back -back really solid games, both in once one against Buffalo, a good Buffalo defense made it a competitive game and he looked like the guy. And then mm -hmm. you, he comes into a game against the giants who we all know are terrible and they seem to get away from the run or split carries with Malcolm Brown. One had nine, one had eight, you know, uh, carries in the backfield. And they barely, like, they couldn't do anything offensively against a weak Giants defense. And I don't know if it's, maybe it's just my fantasy instinct telling me I feel like Sean McVay is just trying to be smarter than the, the other guy in the room instead of just going with his guy. But when you've seen success like Daryl Henderson's had at the running back position, I don't understand these coaches that go away from it. And I mean, we see, we see it in Detroit. We see Adrian Peterson getting love on a, on a shitty-ass Detroit team. He's 35. They don't, want to give the guy, they don't want to give the ball to their young guy in DeAndre Swift. And I feel like there's a lot more teams that are doing this, and I'm not sure where it's really coming from, uh, but it's frustrating as a fantasy fan or a fantasy owner. And I don't really – I mean, obviously we can't control it, but I don't really know how to navigate those waters because I'm at the point now where I don't even want to play Daryl Henderson. Because, Man, because right of games like you. this. Because of games like this. Yeah, that's frustrating. It's, it's super frustrating because you see a talent and then you see a guy like Malcolm Brown who's not going to take that team anywhere. He's just, you know, an Adrian Peterson type player who's just going to take up carries and take up, you know, opportunities. And you don't see him breaking off big gains. You just see him plodding along, looking, you know, like he's just out there. He, he does what the coach says. So they – the coach loves him. So, yeah, no, Sean McVay is one of those guys where um, he's going to, you know, definitely scheme, scheme, scheme. And, you know, just when you think Daryl Henderson's going to touch the ball, he's going to play action. And then just when you think Malcolm Brown's going to block, he's going to give him the ball. So, yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, and Cam Akers I'm, is supposed to be back this week. So who knows what's going to happen there? Exactly. But you know what I'm glad about? One thing that, you know, Bill O'Brien, you know, <laughs> that thing, that whole shebang where they fired him as the GM and the coach, because, you know, honestly, I think that was holding back, you know, Brandon Cooks, you know, I think that, you know, the relationship between Will Fuller and, and Deshaun Watson will be able to um, explode a little bit more, kind of like how we thought was going to happen. 
um, and David Johnson, you know, will get let loose a little bit more as well. So uh, I'm glad Bill O'Brien's gone. Um, you know, we'll see what happens to Adam Gaze. But um, some of these guys just, like, they've outworn their welcome. And, yeah. you know, I think for fantasy purposes, you can you can smile a little bit because I think some of the talent talented players will get utilized more, a la a, you know, uh, situations that weren't ideal before. So, yeah, I think there's, I think there's definitely some, some bright spots as far as some of these coaches being let go and maybe some of the usage I'm excited for David Johnson. I think maybe with the change there, maybe they'll commit to the run a little bit more, which in turn might help Deshaun Watson in the play action game and, and open up some opportunities for, for Brandon cooks and Will Fuller down the field. Um, let, let's get into the kind of our, some standouts from last week. I have a couple of people that I wanted to, to shout out or point out. I think, I think it's really important we focus on a guy like Terry McLaurin, who had an extremely tough matchup. And he seems, he seems to be, I don't want to say matchup proof. He's not the, the wide receiver one where he's probably going to end up, you know, in the top five category. But he's played some tough corners early in the season and he's had success. Um, he's been pretty consistent, and I think that was one of the, the flags coming into this year was how consistent can he be with Dwayne Haskins throwing him the ball and in that offense. But obviously with the game script that the, Reds, or the Washington football team has, um, he's getting the opportunities. He had a, a, a very nice game against a, a tough Ravens defense, grabbing you know, 10 balls for 100 yards. Um, didn't get in the end zone, but again, um, very encouraging there. And also you know, on the same team, Antonio Gibson, is starting to take the lead role as we anticipated there. He got a lot of different touches. He had, I believe, 18 touches there. He had over 100 yards total offense, and he had a touchdown. So I was excited. Ding, for ding, ding. Yeah. yeah, ding, ding, ding. I think, you know, you can go ahead and throw on the cowboy hat because Antonio Gibson <laughs> shows coming to town, baby. You yeah, know, yeah, no uh, doubt. It seems like he's here to stay, you know, and, and I think I'm glad that they're, you know, Ron Rivera is, you know, warming to that situation. He's able to put this guy in positions where he can be successful. Um, you know, an interesting fact about, um, you know, that Washington football team, you know, Terry McLaurin, you know, he's averaging 11 targets, seven catches, 109 yards over the last uh, two weeks. So, um, like you said, he's coming, he's coming on and, you know, game script has a lot to do with it. You know, the, the Washington football team has been down. So, um, if Haskins is going to keep continue being the quarterback and, you know, uh, Ron Rivera didn't really give him too much of a vote of confidence, but uh, I think regardless of him or Alex Smith or whoever's behind, you know, they're going to have to use Terry McLaurin. And, you know, I um, just like, you know, Larry Fitzgerald said over the week, um, he's a Terry McLaurin's a complete football player in terms of wide receivers. So I, I like what his prospects I like to see him continue to grow. And what you said, you know, he'll have to show he's consistent. And especially when, when it matters, you know, not just towards the end of the game. Um, Antonio Gibson, uh, I, I see that he's had 72% of the uh, running back carries. Um, and he had a, a four-catch, 82-yard receiving line with five targets. So um, that's showing that he he's, you know, following the steps of the – the great dual uh, running backs that can catch the ball, run the ball, and just, you know, a threat wherever they are in the field. So it looks like the Washington football team has some talent, but can they put this talent in a position to win games? And that is yet to be seen. But in terms of fantasy, we're loving it. We are loving yeah, no it. Doubt. No it, looks doubt, like, no doubt. it looks like they're going to be in some 
some situations where they're just going to have to play catch up. They're going to play fast. And, you know, either they, they put you, give you some points or they let you down, but it looks like they're, they're going to be in a position to where they're going to need to score points. And you can, I mean, they're going to be as sad as it sounds. They're not out of any race. They play in the NFC East and we all know that division (laughs) is terrible. They're, they're right there. They're tied for first or a half game back of Philly. Um, everybody's in it in the NFC East, so they still have something to play for. So I think that, that'll help. Um, one other guy I wanted to touch on, we, we, we talked about it before the season started, right, right after there was a major trade, when that was Ronald Jones and him having the opportunity to, to kind of hold off Leonard Fournette for the lead guy. And I think he got another opportunity with Leonard Fournette getting hurt to say, hey, this is my backfield. And I, I was encouraged. Uh, he, he got 20 carries. Again, he rushed for over 100 yards. Um, he's been pretty decent in the passing game. You know, he always likes to be – or he always likes to – Tom Brady always likes to check it down. He had six catches. They were only for 17 yards, but he had nine targets. And I, I think that was encouraging. Uh, we also saw Keyshawn Vaughn sighting in this game, which is something to watch because uh, LaShawn McCoy also got hurt. But I really liked what Ronald Jones did. Um, I think going forward, I have him right back to where I did at the beginning of the season. I think Leonard Fournette is going to be kind of a spell back, get around the goal line. They might use him to punch him in. But I, I think Ronald Jones can, can hold, maintain some value as an RB, low-end RB2 slash flex guy. And I think that's good enough for, for where you were getting him anyways. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones, 20, 20 attempts. You can't be mad at that. Nine targets. Yeah, he had three drops. And that's where, you know, um, you know they're going to have to utilize another pass catcher. But I think that with Ronald Jones being able to show that he can get, have six catches, that, that, you know, 26 touches in all, I mean, that, that's, that's anything you want out of a running back, you know. You, you can't ask for more out of a guy that you got in probably the, the seventh round of fantasy football drafts. Um, and like you said, you know, there was some scares where Leonard Fournette was going to come in and take over. Um, I think, you know, it's hot hand approach, to be honest. Um, I think that that team runs through Tom Brady. And if you're making plays, you're in the game. And if Ronald Jones is that guy, he's making plays, plays which I think that he has the talent to do. And I think that he's shown that right now, hey, look, you know, I'm cohesive with Tom Brady. I can block. I'm not letting him get hurt. You know, that's how you build that trust. And I think that's one of the most important things with Tom Brady. So uh, hip, hip, hooray. You know, if you, if you held on to Ronald Jones through the stress, because it's been a wild couple of weeks for him, you know, very up and down. He needs to watch out with fumbling because I think that's where you get, you get thrown to the, to the wolves and Leonard Fournette will have an opportunity. So, you know, uh, as much as I want to agree with you about Ronald Jones, I, I do like him in an even world. Um, doing a little bit better than Fournette this year. I just think that there's going to be more of those roller coasters where, you know, Ronald Jones makes a dumb play, gives up a sack. Leonard Fournette comes in, makes a couple plays. And then Leonard Fournette gets hurt. And then Ronald Jones comes in and shines for two games. So I think it's going to be one of those situations, unless somebody just really just takes the bull by the horns and runs with it. But again, I think I'm projecting a roller coaster with that. So I'm, I'm trying to stay away a little bit but if I was going to go with somebody, I'm going with Ronald Jones for sure. There you go. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Give me two guys you got this past week. Just give me two guys that kind of stood out to you. 
Uh, talk a little bit about what, what stood out the most about them. and um... Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, you know, the guy who the, the Chicago Bears won't pay. But in terms of fantasy, um, you know, he he's a guy who is, you know, quietly putting up, you know, 20-plus fantasy points the last couple weeks. And that change to, from Mitch Trubisky to Nick Foles has done more for him than anyone could imagine. You know, uh, we, we kind of thought that, you know, where you drafted Allen Robinson, this was going to be the situation. Um, obviously, the first couple games, he didn't show up with uh, Mitch Trubisky. But these last several games are why you put that draft capital into him. So um, he's showing me that, yeah, he's been able to make those plays. Another wide receiver that I'm going to go a little bit lot deeper. I'll shout out Hunter Renfro. You know, he's stepped up with the rugs injured and Edwards injured and he's made some plays that I didn't think he was capable of. He's shown a good, nice connection with Derek Carr. And, you know, um, he's one of those guys where if he's on the right waiver wire and PPR, you know, go ahead and grab him. Um, another guy I'm looking at that has shown me some things and um, I'm a little bit concerned about um, because, you know, Kenyon Drake, um, He's shown me that, hey, you know, he's not as surefire as a lot of people thought. A lot of people drafted him in the second or third round and expected him to explode with that Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, offense. You should have listened to me. I told everybody. I told everybody he's the most inconsistent running back over the last three years. I have zero shares of him, so I listened to you. Me too. None. No shit. Well, I, I'm lying. I had one share last week. <laughs> I, I had him in. I had him in the optimal lineup. I did think he was going to perform this past week, and he let me down once again. He's let me down in the optimal lineup too. So don't you worry about that, brother. So yeah, no, I, I think with uh, Chase Edmonds, and he's one of the reasons why I picked up Chase Edmonds in our Lamgadi league the other last week because I, I just I didn't see you know Kenyon Drake really just grabbing that backfield and and doing too much with it. And Chase Edmonds is kind of, you know, making it more of a competition than a lot of people previously thought. So um, he's somebody that has surprised me in, in more of a negative way. Um, and then uh, DK Metcalf, you know, can't say enough about that guy. He's had at least four catches and 90 yards in every game this season. Um, I don't know if that's sustainable because he doesn't get that many catches, but he's kind of showing that when he does make plays, it's for 20 plus yards. He's making splash catches. He's making touchdowns. So uh, with Russell Wilson, anything's possible. All things are doable through Russ. That's you right. know, shout out to that guy. Um, he's playing lights out. Um, so, um, and I'm glad Chris Carson showed up, you know. We needed him in that one league too, by the way. Yeah, I'm happy he was able to play, obviously, with the, the knee injury. He suffered the week before. There was some concern. But with Carlos Hyde being out or they, when they inactivated him, um, I kind of figured – Carson was good to go. There, there's one player that I want to I want to spend a little bit of time on uh, before we get into the matchups this week, and that is somebody that I believe over the course of his career was known as kind of an in inconsistent guy, um, up and down when he was with Oakland, when they were the rate or no when they were in Oakland, and then now with Dallas, and that's Amari Cooper. I think mm -hmm. Amari Cooper has kind of taken that next step. Um, as an elite wide receiver, I mean, it, you know, we could talk about it being the offense and, you know, how they spread the ball around and, and throw it around the field or whatever. But that's, I mean, that's fantasy, right? That's what we want to see from these guys is consistency. And so far this season, 
he's been the model of consistency. He's had he's had over 10 targets, or he's had over 12 targets three times, three of the four games. He's broken 80 yards in every single game, and he's had he's had three games with nine catches or better, and then the one game that he had six catches, he had 100 yards. So, again, I, I see him – I've always seen him as a guy that was inconsistent. He'd have these 180-yard games, and then he'd have games where he was like four for 37, and he'd be kind of disappear. But this year I've noticed the, noticed the consistency, and I'm really, really happy about that and excited. And um, his, his stock has definitely risen for me, and I have him – I have him on my top five wide receivers for the rest of the year. You know, I can't say enough about a guy like Amari Cooper. He's always come in, you know, as a Raider fan, you know, when I saw him come into the team, um, I was excited. I knew that this is like, wow, we haven't had a receiver like this since Tim Brown. We haven't had a receiver like this since forever, it feels like. And, you know, we kind of pushed him out of the door because of some bad quarterback play. And it wasn't his fault at all. We got rid of Cleo Mack at the same time. So um, I've always been a fan of Amari Cooper. I got him in some dynasty leagues. And um, the way I see it is that the guys put up, you know, roughly a thousand yards almost every season he's been in the league. He's super young. He's done it on a team where they focused on him regardless as the number one wide receiver straight out the get go. And he, he did no off the field problems. Um, never complains about the quarterback always just comes in with his lunch pail and goes to work. So I'm so happy that finally he's on a team that appreciates him. Finally, he's on a team where he's getting the credit that he's a great player. He's, his routes are, you know, up there with unbelievable the Keenan Allens, the Devontae Adams, you know, his routes are flawless. So, and I, so again, I've been watching him since Alabama. I've been watching him since, you know, a Raider. And I just, I, I'm super happy for that guy. Like, it's almost on some emotional shit because it's like, man, people cross them off their list, off their list. And I'm like, why? This guy is, is, is a great player. You know what I mean? Like, so um, the Cowboys finally gave him a home, finally paid him. And he's deserving of everything he's getting right now. So, um, again, he's going to be, um, at worst, um, top, top 10 for the next couple years. But, you, again, like you said, I don't see why he can't be top five, you know, by season, season's end. And that's, you know, saying a lot. He's a young guy. He's, you know, a lot of these guys aren't as young as him. You know, we're talking about, you know, Devontae Adams, the, the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, these, you know, Michael Thomas. These guys are all older than him, you know. So, um, he's, he's a ball player. And with, with Dak and that connection and being able to play action with Zeke, you know, I see that connection going for the next three years solid. So, and when uh, and when I'm, you think about it, you like you said, his his ability to be consistent now, even I mean, even if you're getting him in the top ten, you probably drafted him outside of that or close to it because most people again pushed him down the draft boards because of that inconsistent play over the past, and you're you're reaping the benefits now, and that allows your team to have more flexibility, right? You're probably already had another top notch receiver that you already spent a draft pick on, and now with Amari. Um, kind of jumping and making that next step. Uh, your, your team's probably sitting pretty right now if you drafted Amari Cooper where, where he was going. Um, so, I'm, like you said, I'm really, I'm really happy for him. And I like the, I like the little it, it, line about being emotionally connected because us as fantasy fans, we not only as fantasy fans, but sports fans, we get emotionally connected to players. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's part of the, I mean, that's part of it. That's part of the process. So. And I'm going to give – I'm going to shout out a, a quick comparison. And this is, you know, maybe too early, but 
one thing that I, a guy that I see, you know, Amari Cooper nests from, and, you know, again, I think that Amari Cooper is probably better at his age. Um, but he's, you know, this guy hasn't been asked to do as much because he's got another good wide receiver with him, another superstar wide receiver with him and Adam Thielen. And that's Justin Jefferson. The comparison between Justin Jefferson and Amari Cooper to me is like that parallel. I see that like the way that they're fast, they run good routes. Um, I like that comp. I think they're both really good after the catch. Yeah, I I like that comp. So I I see like that, and that's more of a compliment to Justin Jefferson and, you know, to show that what he can be. But, you know, if he's on that trajectory to Amari Cooper, then, you know, he's doing something right. There you go. I like it. All right, you heard it here first. David said Justin Jefferson's the next Amari Cooper. When he when he's <laughs> when he's right, he won't let us forget it. And if he's wrong, we won't let him forget it. <laughs> That's how we do right here on sideline to sideline. All right, man. Let's get into these. Uh, let's get into these games this week. Okay. Who knows? Who knows if there's going to be any postponements? Um, what's going to happen with COVID? So we're going to talk about it as if everybody's going to play. Obviously, except for the teams that are on bye weeks, and those are the Lions and Packers. They get the early season buys. Let's start out. Um, how we're going to do this today, we're going to go through the game really quickly. Uh, I'm going to give one standout player that I'm looking at in the game and then one player from each team overall that we want to talk about really quickly. So we're going to start with the Thursday night game. Um, Bears and Buccaneers. I want to point out two players. One you already mentioned, Allen Robinson. I think he has a good day here, even though Tampa Bay's secondary has been playing really well. Uh, I think Allen Robinson is going to be kind of the lead guy there in Chicago. And for Tampa Bay, I'm going to say Ronald Jones again. Um, I think Ronald Jones, with a short week, I think Fournette hasn't had much practice time. Even if he does play, I think he's going to be limited in action. And I like Ronald Jones there. But my standout player may surprise some people. I'm going to say Scotty Miller. I say Scotty Miller has a huge day and is the superstar fantasy player for this game. What say you? You know, um, I think Tom Brady keeps it rolling. Um, I have him in our TD only league and I'm, I'm firing him up. I'm firing him up. And, you know, I think he's on a roll. He had five TDs. He's the oldest quarterback to throw five TDs like ever. Um, you know, he's breaking records constantly, you know, oldie, but goodie. Right. Um, so, uh, I do like the Scotty Miller. I do think Ronald Jones is going to go up against a tough defense and a quick turnaround. Um, I, in terms of the Bears, I'm going to, you know, Tampa Bay is good on the, against the run. Um, I, I'm going to have to go, you know, I'm going to throw for a loop, you know. I, I think Jimmy Graham is going to uh, gonna catch a touchdown, and he, I think he's going to have a few good catches this game uh, against Tampa Bay. So um, I think that's more of a DFS play, guys, if you guys are playing DraftKings or something, you know. I think Jimmy Graham is going to is going to be the one to you know get some action especially you know the, those corners over there are going to be focusing on Allen Robinson and uh, Miller but um you know and David Montgomery I think he's going to you know Tampa Bay has a stout run defense but I think he's going to be able to get some catches and run the ball I, lo- I like the Jim- I like the Jimmy Graham on the DFS play he should be uh, pretty cheap on DFS I think that could be a a good play there let's talk about these lowly Falcons, they uh, took the loss again on Monday night. <laughs> we will see if Dan Quinn is there for Sunday. Um, oh, the one hey, thing what I'm, do you say, Calvin, Calvin Ridley? 
We're, that's where we're going to get right now. So, J- I, Jair I, Alexander, anyone? I, I want to say, I, I want to say this. There's been, it's been a lot of talk about Calvin Ridley and obviously he's been catching touchdowns. I mean, he's been playing really well and he goes into Monday night and it's a straight goose egg. And I mean, not like goose egg, like your normal, he got straight shut down. I mean, they, 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 they couldn't get him the ball. I don't know what was going on, where their connection was. Jair between. Alexander, the shadow man. He, he you might as well him down. So that's something to pay attention to as we move forward. My top two corners, Aaron Mugs, are Tredavious White and Jair Alexander. And it's not Stephon Gilmore. It's Jair Alexander and Tredavious White. For reasons stated, those I, guys I can't are argue. ballers. I can't argue that that was a straight. I mean, that was just he was covered. He was blanketed. It was a clinic. I didn't even know Calvin Ridley was on the field when, when <laughs> Russell, when Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, and a Yoka Kikis or whatever the dude's name is. I don't even know how to say his name. Is the only person I saw catching balls. Calvin Ridley, Ridley had. He wasn't even on the field. Ridley was on a milk carton somewhere. He's yeah. missing in action. That looked like that looked like uh you know, flashbacks of like Revis Island and, and primetime back, but you know, back then. So, Man. so uh, yeah, the Calvin Ridley thing is worried me. The only thing I'll say is he gets to go, he gets to rebound this week. He plays against Carolina. I think Calvin Ridley probably has another big game here. Uh, Julio Julio's probably going to be out. Julio was out the second half of this Monday night game. I anticipate him being out again. So for the Falcons, I like the Calvin Ridley play this week. Don't, you know, don't, jump off the bridge just because he got shut down by uh, Alexander. But I want to talk about Mike Davis too. Mike Davis, uh, the waiver wire gods were speaking to some people when Christian McCaffrey got hurt and he's, he's definitely paid off. He's, he's heavily involved in that offense. Um, So I I like, I like him here as well, but I want to ask you a question, David, is Robbie Anderson, the new number one in Carolina over DJ Moore? Well, it, it's – I think the stats are, are, you know, smacking me in the face. You know, Robbie Anderson leads Carolina in targets, receptions, reception yards through week four. And he's averaging 17.9 fantasy points a game. Like, to me, um, you know, I, I'm a, as much of a fan of DJ Moore as anybody. Um, but it, they put some money into bringing over Robbie Anderson. And it looks like they're – the way their offense is set up, you know, DJ Moore might be more of a, you know, a decoy at this <laughs> hey, point. Hey, wait, wait. Like you, you just said the way my offense, the way the offense set up. I was thinking, I was like, he, this is kind of a Kevin Hart moment. See, the way my offense is set up, I had a DJ Moore and I had a Robbie Anderson. <laughs> and let's just be real. Robbie Anderson gets down the field and he makes big plays. And, yeah. and you're right. I think, I'm just glad I got rid of DJ Moore in some dynasty leagues. I got some great return for him at the beginning of the season. And, you know, he was kind of the next ascending guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a DJ Moore fan. I'm reluctant to give it to Robbie Anderson. I've seen him in New York, but you know, he was on the jets and let's be honest. There's everybody just gets destroyed. On Adam Gase. He kills everybody's <laughs> fantasy value. For, for, well, he kills everybody's fantasy value somehow, except for Jamison Crowder. That's the only guy. Hey, that's the only guy in the New York Jets that that has fantasy value. So, Jeez. Um, the Robbie Anderson conversation is 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 a good one. I, I I hope DJ Moore picks it up. But as of right now, like you said, targets, receptions, um, average reception depth yards, targets, yeah, re- everything, everything is um, in favor of Robbie Anderson. So it's hard to argue that point. Who else in this game do you like or dislike? 
You know, um, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, Mike Davis, you know, I, I just want to say, man, he, he's outperformed what I thought he was going to do. Um, you know, he's I hear keep I keep hearing these Twitter uh, murmurs. And, oh, uh, Christian McCaffrey must be a system running back because Mike Davis. <laughs> Don't go there, people. Don't go there, people. The fantasy world's on fire. Don't. Don't go there, people. Come on, man. Don't be that guy. Man. So, no, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, they lack a tight end. And Ian Thomas, he's been nowhere to show. Um, DJ Moore has been lackluster. Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis have been the ones that have gained some ground. But, you know, I think this is going to be bigger for Teddy Bridgewater than not because, you know, I don't see if they keep losing games. You know, I don't see them rushing Christian McCaffrey back. And I don't – and I, I think, you know, they could be in the, the market for a, a franchise quarterback. And you, you're you hearing it here first, you know, as much as I like Teddy and as much as they just signed him, you know, we've seen this story before where, yes, you know, somebody's yes, on a, a short leash. And, you know, he's no Cam Newton. He hasn't taken them to the Super Bowl, you know. So just it's a, a good what, comp a good comp would be the Nick Foles situation last year in Jacksonville. They signed for a similar number. Uh, you know, you get hurt. You have a couple of bad games, whatever it is. And then you find a rookie or a young guy that gets an opportunity or maybe somebody in the draft that you like a little bit more. We saw it in Arizona when they drafted uh, Josh Rosen. And then Kyler comes out and you're like, man, we can't pass up on this talent. Um, so that's, that's a possibility that could happen. Um, so never discount that. It wasn't like he got paid $40 million a year. It was only 20-something. Quick, I'm going to throw you for a quick loop. You know, Tanyan or Schultz, rest of the season value. Tight ends. Tight ends that are on fire right now. You're going to ask. Tight ends that are on fire. You're going to ask that question right after Tanyan drops a three-touchdown game. Yeah. I'll take Dalton Schultz, rest of season. Dalton Schultz. And the reason why, the reason why is I think – I think that offense in Green Bay today, especially tonight, was the last couple of weeks, actually. If you heard Aaron Rodgers talk at the end of the game and Matt LaFleur, they talked about getting the running backs involved in the passing game, getting the tight ends involved in the passing game because they know they're, they're shorthanded at wide receiver. So I think schematically they, they, you know, they were making an, an exerted effort to get them the ball. And let's be honest, it was the Atlanta Falcons. And they're not going to get to play the Atlanta Falcons every week. And – there's going to come a point in time when terrible, terrible. I mean, that defense is just, is just, I don't know. That's just shit. So I'm only going to say Dalton Schultz because I think number one, Dallas's defense is terrible. So they're always going to be playing from behind green Bay's offense is really, really good. They have a good running game. They're built from the run to the play action. I think they're just more going to be more opportunities for Schultz, uh, but it'll be close. I don't think it's a, if you're like, Nope, I'll take Tanya and I'm not going to argue, you know, it, it they're going to be close. Don't be distracting me like that with no okay. bullshit about my Cowboys. Just you know who I'm taking. Just no plan. Just care. <laughs> I knew. I knew. <laughs> All right, man. Let's just, keep it pushing. Um, the the possible COVID game, Bills Titans. Bills in this game. You know, I'm 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 liking Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is. <laughs> I heard I heard something earlier today that I want to I kind of want to piggyback on, and that's don't I don't want people to start putting Josh Allen in the MVP conversation. I think Josh Allen and Dak Prescott are very, very similar. I think 
when you compare those guys, when, when we talk about elite quarterbacks, if you start trying to put Dak Prescott and Josh Allen in the same conversation or same breath as Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to fall short, right? You're always going to be like, well, they're not them because they're not. They're that next kind of that next level of they have talent. They can use their legs. They're going to put up a bunch of stats, but they're also going to make plays that you're like, oh, what the hell was that? I mean, Josh Allen, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago when he's throwing the ball backwards, running out of the pocket like 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. I mean, he just does shit like that at the most inopportune times. And that's something you would never see from, from these guys that, that are, are at the top. So I, I want people to kind of temper their expectations for Josh Allen um, as we move forward. But saying that, he's putting up gaudy fantasy numbers right now. I think it continues this week against Tennessee. We watched Ryan Fitzpatrick do it. Um, I, I just – I really, really like what he's been able to do over the first four weeks. And in Tennessee, you know, I don't really know what to expect. I, I don't know – how they come off the bye week. I, I'm not really even sure if they can play. Like, they can't even <laughs> who like, do they have? practice right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know who's sick like... and who's not. I honestly haven't done enough uh, digging to find out if there's any key players that have been um, impacted by this. Obviously, that's a lot not, of players. But that's a coaches. lot of – I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people. So, I'm kind of just staying away from – anybody that has anything to do with COVID, I'm staying away from because – who knows, last-minute postponements. Uh, we almost had a scare with Alvin Kamara this week. So anybody that's related to COVID, I'm just – I'm steering clear this week. I'll, I'll, I'll look elsewhere. And it's, t- it's tough because, you know, Detroit Lions are also on by, and the Packers are also on by. So in addition to COVID, there's going to be these bye weeks coming up. So you're going to have to start planning ahead, you know, in terms of fantasy football. You, you so, know what I just thought about? Would, would there ever be a situation like – I mean, there could be. There could be a situation where, say, the Bills and the Titans were playing this week, and we find out the Titans just can't play. There's just too many COVID restrictions. And the Bills had a, a, a game scheduled later in the season against the Packers or Lions who were on a bye week. I wonder Sw- if they flop them. I wonder if they would say, you know what, you're playing this week yeah. against, you know, this team. I, it's just something that, that might happen. I was, thinking that, I was thinking that, too. Uh, I was hoping, actually, the Steelers would play um... – the Chiefs if the Patriots couldn't play, you know, so I, I would rather see that game than, you know, some Brian Hoyer and, you right. know. I, I think, <laughs> I think in those situations where they're last minute, like the New England one was, I mean, it was literally Saturday night and we're like, or Saturday, um, early Saturday, one of the, it was like either late Friday or early Saturday when we find out, I think the NFL at that point has no choice but to push games back, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes, you know, moves going forward. And we'll see what happens with Tennessee this week. But it's just really hard to pick a game like that or even pick standout players when you don't even know who's playing, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's, that's facts. You know, it, it's – it's we have to get more information. We just have to get more information. TBD, so. to be determined. Um, all right, let's go Raiders, Chiefs. Um, I, was, I was really disappointed in, in Josh Jacobs this week. I thought he would have a really – a much better game against Buffalo, but he He's, still sees he'll see he still sees the volume. Uh, I'm not yeah. worried about him long term. I, I like what he does. Um, I like him actually in this game as well. We saw New England uh, run the ball really well with Damian Harris today and Rex Burkhead, and they, they kind of put a focus on on the run game. Obviously, without their quarterback, 
So I he's in my optimal options. lineup this week. He's in my optimal line, lineup this week. I think he does a TD and a hundred yards. There you go. Uh, and then, I think they they make it a, a conscious effort to get him going. I think Derek Carr, you know, they they've tried to you know run Josh Jacobs as a decoy play action and and get these other players involved. You know, Darren Waller and whatnot. But you got to go back to your bread and butter. You got to control the time, the clock management. You know, you got to have the possession. Um, and I mean so, that. That's the blueprint, right? That's the blueprint to beat the, the, the Chiefs. That's the only Chiefs, way yeah. to beat the Chiefs is the you only have to be way. able to run the ball. You have to play – you have to play the time of, clock, no time of possession. Don't turn the ball over and, and play sound defense. And you're, prob- you're going to give up points, but you have, to be willing, you have to be willing to commit to the run and keep that Chiefs offense off the field because you see how dynamic they are. One minute they got six points in the game. Next thing you look up, they're almost at 30. And that's what happens when you turn the ball over or you're having three and outs and you're not, you're not controlling the clock there. Um, Agreed. Nothing to say about the Chiefs. We all know who we're starting in that game. Every single Chiefs player you got, um, it, it's looking like. Even the Miko Harmons of the world, who I've been starting the last couple of weeks, are getting looks. And their offense is, is really potent. So, um, All right. I'm going to have you talk about the Jets-Cardinals because I'm not talking about the Jets anymore this year. So, Jets-Cardinals, it's yours. Let's go. Jamison Crowder, um, you know, and, you know, it looks like Sam Darnold turned into Mike Vick overnight. <laughs> He's running <laughs> hey, for his life. That I, He looked – I mean, it was, it was a nice-looking play, but I swear yeah. he looked like he was in slow motion still. I just don't know. Yeah. I thought it was a replay or something, but – he, he He's running from the Trevor Lawrence uh, memes. He's running from the, the – <laughs> he's seeing ghosts of, of Trevor Lawrence coming in New York. Oh, his time so, is coming. His his time is almost up, man, and it's it's one of those things where it's just it's it's coming soon. So, but I don't uh, I don't blame him. Do you, I, I mean, I don't blame him. I blame Adam Gase. He's got he doesn't have the weapons right now. He's clearly you know being held back by a a guy who you know hasn't put his franchise in position to win or be successful or make the right you know he hasn't made the right signings. I guess you know kind of Bill O'Brien ish. So Cardinals, I think they all bounce back. Kyler Murray, D Hop had a poor game. I think D Hop goes a hundred yards in a TD. Um, you know, Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake, um, so one of those two players is going to score, and together they should have over a hundred yards. Um, so I, I think you fire up all Cardinals. I think the Jets again, um, a shit show. I think they're just kind of waiting for management to fire their coach and then they can play for something because it doesn't feel like they're out there motivated. It doesn't feel like they want to be there. It doesn't feel like they have leadership and the Cardinals are probably chomping at the mouth so they can get over their little skittish run. Yep. I I, I agree with everything you said there. Don't want to spend too much more time on the jets. No, they are the jets. Uh, let's move on. Philly and the Steelers, battle of the Pennsylvania teams. Um, I actually really, really like this matchup. I think um, there's a couple of reasons why I like this matchup. I think the Steelers are one of the best defenses in the league, and they're going to be hungry after not being able to play this week. Um, not doing, you know, obviously it's not their fault, but they had a bye week. They're playing at home, and I see, I see that defense just standing out. Carson Wentz had a game-winning drive but he has still looked very, very poor at times. Um, so I really like the Steelers' defense here. I think Miles Sanders is going to struggle to run the ball. I think Philly's going to make it a point to stack the box and trust their secondary to stop 
um, Carson Wentz. And then I'm actually excited about James Conner in this one. I think James Conner uh, has a really good game here. Um, gets into the end zone and is probably the high scorer of the week for not, not for everybody, but for this game. What say you? Uh, I, I agree the way, you know, Jarek McKinnon was cutting up on the Philly Eagles. Um, I think that, um, you know, James Conner can do likewise if he stays healthy. One fun fact about this, uh, the Eagles that I will say that, you know, which is I will give them one piece of credit is that their D-line is what leading the league in sacks. Um, so that's an interesting nugget. Because um, they're is, always on the field because Carson Wentz goes <laughs> three and out. <laughs> I'm just playing. Go ahead. I'm playing. Yeah, no, you're probably right. There's something that has to do with that. But, you know, uh, I give credit where credit's due. Uh, Carson Wentz has played like ass. He's He did get a win against the San Francisco 49ers, but that's with the help of his defense intercepting passes at the end of the game and getting sacks again against Mullen and whoever else was back there. So – um, I think that, yeah, James Conner should be a uh, one of those players where he gets a couple catches. He goes over the century mark, scores. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, I think he, he, he keeps building that uh, touchdown rapport with Big Ben. And I think the, uh, the Steelers roll. I think they roll to an easy win. Agreed there, agreed there. Uh, Rams and the Washington but football Ertz, team. Ertz, Ertz does bounce back. He's in my optimal lineup, too. I got to go with him again. Damn it. You like you like coming back. You like when your guy has a bad game, you always bring him back the next week. <laughs> I noticed that. I, I got you. Uh, Rams travel to Washington. Second week in a row, they, they play an NFC East opponent. Let's be honest. The NFC East is terrible. Rams are rolling. Rams, Rams are rolling. Rams should roll. Um Start your Rams. Washington, same thing. We're going to pretty much talk about. You probably got two guys there you're starting, and that's Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, if anybody. Anybody Jared else? Goff, Jared Goff and DFS is his play. You know, he's going to be cheaper than some of the elite quarterbacks, but I think he's going to be in a situation where he's going to distribute the ball to the Bob Woods, Cooper Cup, and Higby. Gerald Everett might even get in on the action. I said that last week. Gerald Goff was in my optimal lineup against the Giants. That shit show Giants. And you see what he did? Nothing. Hey, I whoever, whoever goes in my optimal lineup, don't choose him. Just expect him to have a bad day. <laughs> or pick him the next week. Or, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or pick him the next week. That's exactly right. Aaron's a week early. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's crazy because I played in two D, uh, DraftKings this week, and – I didn't pick any of the people in my optimal lineup, and I did well in both drafts. <laughs> <laughs> so optimal lineup on here is just on the fly. I, I take a lot of chances, a lot of risks. But um, go ahead, let's do it again. We'll get. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, I'm four. I'm four weeks up. We'll do, we'll keep it going. Um, Cincinnati, Baltimore, finally had a Joe Mixon sighting. Uh, really, really liked the way he he stood out this past week. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too crazy. It was against Jacksonville. Well, I'm going to say, if you got some uh, Joe Mixon in you, go ahead and pull right out. Pull that out of the freezer and put that on ice for a little bit this week because uh, I don't see him doing it against Baltimore. I think this is a division game. It's going to be a lot more gritty than, you know, um, it's, it's one of those games where, you know, Baltimore and Cincinnati, they always play each other tough. It's not going to be huge splash plays unless it's coming from Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson is still on his, you know, I need to prove to everybody that uh, I'm not a shitty quarterback. So um, he he kind of had a, you know, semi-normal Lamar Jackson game last this past week. 
And I think he does it again, especially he knows that, hey, I need to show my strength against uh, the, the Bengals because Joe Burrow, I'm playing him for the next seven to ten years. And, you know, so I think it is a prove-it game for them, and I think they make it a point to shut down Joe Mixon. And But this is a game you fire up Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I, I want to mention one player on the Bengals. Uh, I, I like what Joe Burrow's been doing, even though I talked a lot of shit about him. He has been impressive for a rookie quarterback. Um, still like Herbert better going forward, but I think I think he's done well. But I'm I'm completely out on AJ Green. I, I honestly <laughs> think that he's he's old, he's slow, he doesn't look like the same receiver. T. Higgins is making him more of an impact. Um, Larry Fitzgeraldish. Yeah, I, I think very very much so. Just a veteran guy there that maybe a locker room guy. Who knows what what it is, but um, very much like Larry Fitzgerald at this point. I just can't trust him in fantasy, so I'm I'm out on him. And like you said, I do think Lamar Jackson has a similar game to what he had last week. <clears throat> uh, Jacksonville, Houston. Obviously, Houston gets rid of their coach. And gonna... this is where this is where I think uh, they win their first game. I was going to say the one same. Of those... <laughs> I was going to say the yeah, same this thing. Is, this is one of those situations where the the okay, all the pressure's off. Everyone knows their jobs are at stake. A new regime's coming in. You got to play your ass off or you're gone. You but, know, but think about it. Sh- I think it was very strategic by Houston to look at the schedule. They, I mean, let's be real. They started with one of the toughest schedules in football. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Kansas City, um, Baltimore, and Minnesota. Even though Minnesota struggled early, we all seen them as a pretty good team to start the year. And then you fire Bill O'Brien right before he gets to go play Jacksonville. Because let's be real, he'd probably win the game against Jacksonville, and then you couldn't fire him after a win. So you'd have to keep him for another week, and who knows how long after that. So I think this was very – I think this was done very strategically. I think they knew they were going to struggle early in the season. They signed Deshaun Watson, got his contract done, and then I think they said, okay, if Bill O'Brien can do something early in the season, then it's his season to, to figure out. But if not, let's, let's move on. And – I think it was done strategically, and I do think they get their first win here. But I'm really, really excited. Standout player of this game still is going to be James Robinson for me. He has been super impressive. Um, I have, a, have him as a high-end, and I'm talking high-end RB2 for the rest of the year. He's getting the volume, and Houston's run defense is poor, as we've seen over the past couple of weeks with the Dalvin Cooks. And um, who did they play the week before where they gave up another almost 200 yards rushing? So I like James Robinson in this one. I hope you're right because I got James Robinson in a couple of leagues um, right off the waiver wire like you did. And, you know, I, I hope that he stays as a high RB2. Um, you know, Jacksonville has nothing to lose. Again, you know, um, Gardner Minshew is willing that team to some wins. Um, we'll see if that continues. In terms of Houston, like, like we just talked about, I think I'm going to have to go with Will Fuller. Um, and I think that, you know, they put some umph on it. It's not just a win. I think it's a good win. So um, I think they score over 30 points. I think Deshaun Watson has his best game. And they're kind of like, yeah, well, now that that dark cloud is gone from over us, we're starting fresh. And so I think Houston fans can exhale and better days are ahead. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Interconference game, Miami travels to San Francisco. Um, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for San Francisco, but I would envision it will not be Mullins uh, after 
Sunday night's performance against Philly. All the talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins. Uh, even myself, I, I said they're basically the same team with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Nick Mullins. But I will say Jimmy Garoppolo does not usually turn the ball over um, as silly as Nick Mullins has. I think I think C was it CJ is it Bethard or Bethard or whatever his name is. I think he gets the start here if Jimmy can't go. But I still think the Niners roll. I think they're a better football team. Miami will will play them tough just because that's what Brian Flores does. That's the type of team they are. Um, they always battle. We've seen it pretty much in every game this year. But I think the Niners get the win here. I I would say the only Niner that I'm really interested in is George Kittle. And for the Dolphins, um, the Niners have had some secondary trouble. Um, I would probably be looking at a Devontae Parker here to to go ahead and slot in my lineup. Anybody you got? Yeah, there? I mean, yeah, Devontae Parker. And if we're, if, you know, the 49ers can, you know, get some good field position early, they start to get the lead, you know, maybe Miles Gaskins gets a couple catches underneath. But Devontae Parker seems like the guy that you're just going to slot in every week and expect to have, you know, 75 yards, you know, maybe an opportunity to score a touchdown. And he's going to get some, some definitely because of that rapport with Fitzpatrick. Well, one thing I will note is that um, I think this is might be the last game that um, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. Um, Brian Flores did mention some talk, and I think Tua um, is going to be ready. He was a fifth pick, and they got to see what they got in him, especially after, after they lost a couple games. So um, I'm going to put that on record. That this is the last game that Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. And I think this is a setup game for him to be out of a job. You know, I think, I think that was kind of the plan all along. <clears throat> I'm not sure if they, you know, wanted a week five, six, seven, but I think this is a, would be a good spot. Um, after this week, I think it would be a good spot to go ahead and make that transition. Um, interested to see what Tua does. I'm not the biggest Tua guy, uh, but I know he's super talented. Uh, maybe it's a left-handed quarterback thing and not many successful ones in the NFL, but um, he'll, he should get an opportunity here within the next couple of weeks. Um, next game, Indianapolis and Cleveland. Cleveland comes off a big performance against Dallas where they ran for over 300 yards against that whatever you call of a defense. Uh, but this one's going to be a little bit different. Um, Indianapolis is the number one defense in the league. They, they have kind of gone under the, radar, under the radar because they're not blowing teams out. They're not scoring a whole bunch of points. They play really, really good defense. They stop the run. They run the ball well. They control the clock. And they have a veteran quarterback who is not losing games. He's not, you know, spectacular, but he's a veteran and he's not losing games. I really, really like what they do. But from a fantasy perspective, it's lackluster. Um, the only person that I'm really interested in is Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, a possible – He hasn't been as great the last couple games either. He hasn't. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're winning, but they don't have any standout guys. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the like the basketball analogy where you have a team with, you know, five guys and no superstars and nobody scores more the than 15. Detroit Pistons. Yeah, they play good defense and they just win games, but nobody stands out. So I'm, I'm disappointed in the T.Y. Hiltons of the world. Um, but if I'm choosing to start somebody, I know Jonathan Taylor is going to see some volume. So I would, I would go there. And then, like you said, mentioning Kareem Hunt, uh, I, I, I'm going Kareem Hunt here. I'm still Kareem not Hunt. sold on Baker Mayfield, so I'm still reluctant on Odell Beckham, especially against this good defense. But Kareem Hunt, I think, sees a, a ton of volume in this one. 
Um, so the two backs is kind of where I'm, where I'm laying my head at this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with you. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor. This is a a good week where he can, you know, show what he can do. Um, Wilkinson came in and he made some plays uh, this past week, and I think he may be on uh, a waiver wire, you know, possible pickup. And if he keeps getting some a little bit of volume, because uh, it, it looks like the the coach. Uh, has shown that, you know, he wants to spread the ball around to a couple different running backs. But, um, yeah, no, Jonathan Taylor is the guy to own, and I'm curious to see what he does against Cleveland. Um, but I expect him to have a, a big bounce-back game. So uh, I'm right there with you. Um, should we get to our optimal lineups? Uh, yeah, we're going um, <clears> to <throat> go into one, one last game, and then we're going to do our optimal lineups. I'm going to bring this game yes, up just, be just because I think yes, sir. it's a high-scoring fantasy game, and that's Minnesota and Seattle. Yes. Um, I think I think I'm going to talk about Russell Wilson, number one, against that Minnesota defense. I think he's the number one quarterback this week. He struggled a little bit last week against Miami's good defense. So I'm going Seattle. I'm taking Russell Wilson as my number one fantasy player for the week. He is in my <laughs> optimal lineup. So you will hear that. But I also like Dalvin Cook again here against that Seattle defense. Is there anybody else that stands out in that one to you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, my number one player for – the um, Minnesota Vikings is actually going to be Adam Thielen. And I know um, that may be a, you know, shocker, but if you look a little bit deeper into the statistics, however you say that statistics, um, <laughs> the Seattle, Seattle defense is giving up the most yards to wide receivers. So to me, that means Adam Thielen's going to feast. Justin Jefferson should get his um, opportunities, but uh, yeah. Adam Thielen's in my optimal lineup. I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there too. <laughs> well, get right so, into it. If you, if, yeah. let's, it's a good transition. Uh, let's do it. We, last week, uh, David got me again, so he's now four and zero. And I told you guys this is why he wears the title belt. Uh, he he got me again, so he's now up twenty on me for the season. Uh, now he looks like Stephen A. Smith. How about them Cowboys? Uh, so let's go into our optimal lineup. Um, I'm going to let you go first this week. What you got? Let's sure, go. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, with a defense, uh, no, I'm going to I'm a fast forward to tight end. I'm going to go Zach Ertz. Ertz a tight end. And I said for running back, I was going to go. Who do I have at running back? I think you mentioned Josh Jacobs. Yep, Josh Jacobs is one. Wide receiver, I'm going – oh, tight end, I'm going Travis Kels. I got to – it's the first time – no, yeah, Travis Kels. I thought you were going Ertz. Yeah, okay. Make yeah, up your Ertz. mind. Make up your mind. I'm going, I'm going Ertz. I'm going Will Fuller. Will Fuller, Adam Thielen. Will Fuller, Adam Thielen, and – I have Josh Jacobs. I'm going. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Quarterback, so running, quarterback, running back, defense. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Um, Jared Goff. 
and a defense. Give me I'll go with Give me Rams defense. Rams defense. All right, we got Jared Goff, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, Keenan Allen, Zach Ertz, and the Rams defense. All right, this is where I get off the, the hype. I finally get my first win, week five. My quarterback is Russell Wilson. Can't I like lose I, with I that. Like Russell against that Minnesota. Minnesota that's our fan. That's our fantasy quarterback, by the way, everybody. Yes, sir. Me and Aaron's team. On- CBS League. $150 league. Yeet. For uh, running back, I'm going to go James Robinson, as I mentioned. I like the matchup against Houston. And also, I'm going to stick with the James theme. I'm going to go James Conner against Philly. Ooh. At receiver, I am going Tyler Lockett. Coming off a down week against Miami, I think he bounces back. I think he bounces back against Minnesota. And then I am also going DeAndre Hopkins. Since whenever I pick him, he has a bad game. It's crazy, right? I pick him one week and he has his worst game of the year. And then the other one I'm going, we talked about him earlier. I'm going to give him a shot. It's DJ Moore against Atlanta. I was going to go Robbie Anderson there, but um, I think DJ Moore has a a game here. So I'm going to go DJ Moore. My tight end, I'm going to go again, Mark Andrews, like I did last week. (laughs) Or, Or no, two weeks ago, I had Mark Andrews. Didn't do nothing. And then last week, he goes off. So I'm going back to the Mark Andrews well. And I think, Back he has, to the well. I think he has a big game here. And then I'm going to take Arizona's defense because if you haven't noticed, I take everybody who plays the Jets. So I will take Arizona defense in this one. So we have Russell Wilson, James Robinson, James Conner, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews, and Arizona defense against Jared Goff, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, Keenan Allen, Zach Ertz, and the Rams defense. I'm going to win this I week. Do. I got you. Um, another great show in the books. Uh, we will be back next week for everybody that's looking for something to listen to this week. Uh, my Friday show sideline to sideline podcast will drop. Uh, this episode will drop on Wednesday. Obviously, if you're listening to it, we have another episode dropping on Friday. And then I have something special for you guys on Sunday. If you guys want to tune in to Twitch TV, I will be posting on my IG. I have another special co-host and we're doing a daily fantasy show on Sunday mornings. So check it out, sideline to sideline podcast underscore uh, underscore podcast on IG and at S2 podcast on Twitter. Again, follow my boy David Gonzalez on Twitter at, <clears throat> at SAC experts. Um, again, he's always dropping breaking news, um, little comments about shit. Making, making making you think, spin your wheels, showing his trades, how he how he, how he tends to just uh, manhandle all the, the people in his in his leagues and take home titles. So that's what we do. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, parting words, David, send us out. Man, um, you you know what, guys? Um, I know this season has been nothing but you know laughs, cries, a little bit of uh, whines, but. Hey, man, keep rocking with us. Sideline to sideline is going to come keep giving you heat. Uh, We're going to keep dropping gems. We talked about Schultz. We talked about Gibson. We talked about a lot of these players that are now breaking out. So um, who knows what we're going to talk about next, you know? So um, keep listening along, following the journey. Again, Aaron's one of the most hardworking guys I know. So 
Um, by the uh, end of this um, seven, eight weeks, you guys should have uh, the pieces that you guys need to win these championships. So um, signing off. Good to, good to be on again. Yes, and sir. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace out, everybody.